up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Ratcliffe, and it is Friday, December 31st, the last day of the darn year, 2021. Almost out of the way, 2022 coming at us tomorrow. But coming at you today, I'm going to break down the final matchup show of the year, preview show, whatever you want to call it, of the year. Heading into this pivotal weekend, key weekend of fantasy football championship games. Let's take these leagues down. And I'm going to toss it out there again. I have that uh, tip jar on Twitter. A couple people have hit me up. Guys, seriously, so appreciative. But hey, if you want to share the wealth, just go to my Twitter. You can use the mobile app. And uh, there's like a little uh, dollar bill or whatever tip jar thing. Venmo, Bitcoin. But honestly, if you want to share the wealth, if you take down the championship, I'm not going to turn it down, man. Not going to turn it down. Like I said, though, to everybody who has already uh, shot a few shekels over, I really appreciate that. That's very kind. I'm glad I could help with this podcast. Glad I could help with everything else that we do. Uh, but, you know, hey, if it's if the spirit so moves you, if you take down your championship, I'm not going to turn it down. All right, let's dive into the matchups. And we got some moving pieces today due to COVID. Go figure. I'm going to start with Atlanta and Buffalo. Uh, of course, with uh, this particular matchup, well, on the Atlanta side, I don't think there's really much here. We're going to use Kyle Pitts like we normally would. I know people are a little worried about the matchup, but don't overthink this one. Uh, Cordero Patterson, back-end RB2 play, obviously not loving him. And then Russell Gage, I, I mean, I talked about the matchup downgrade yesterday. Not optimal as a wide receiver three. You're starting Josh Allen. You're starting Stephon Diggs. What are you doing at wide receiver is the question. So yesterday, Emmanuel Sanders does pop up on uh, the injury report. Not on the COVID list, so that's good at least. But on the injury report, did not practice yesterday, did not practice today, looking unlikely to play. So with Sanders not out there, that would put Gabriel Davis back into the conversation because I had taken him out of the conversation. I still think the best matchup is out of the slot for Cole Beasley. Uh, Gabe Davis does have some major upside, though. I just don't know how much they need them. So I'd be cautious. This is more of a DFS play than a season-long play. I don't want to get uh, too crazy with Gabe Davis. I, I do love Devin Singletary's matchup here. Very favorable spot. Falcons uh, giving up the six most fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. I'm at RB17 right now. Giants, Chicago Bears. Who would have thought heading into this season that the fantasy championship game is here and we are clearly, clearly starting David Montgomery ahead of Saquon Barkley? Crazy, but true. Uh, Saquon, I have him at RB, RB24. I mean, if you had to, I get it, but I would not want to. And really, nothing of the Giants is appealing here. Montgomery is very appealing. I have no idea who's going to play quarterback for him, but I don't really care. I have him at RB6. That's regardless of the quarterback situation. Giants allow 4.45 yards per carry to opposing running backs. Otherwise, I, I mean, Darnell Mooney, and that's about it. So not a very exciting game, but good news. Very exciting game. Kansas City Chiefs, Cincinnati Bengals starting the usual cast of characters for since for Kansas City. That is Mahomes, Hill, Kelsey. We're all good. I'm not worried about those guys now post covid. Uh, Daryl Williams, RB 14. He has number one upside. We saw it happen in week 10. Clyde Edwards-Alaire does not look like he's going to play as expected. So Daryl Williams firing him up on the other side. Joe Burrow, do we use him? I have noted this is a tough matchup, but that's more of a DFS note than it is a season-long note. So Jamar Chase, 
T. Higgins, firing them up. Tyler Boyd's a wide receiver three. And Joe Burrow, quarterback 10 for me right now. So I do think you can use him. Of course, Joe Mixon, you're using him. Miami, Tennessee. On the Miami side, fairly straightforward with Jalen Waddell. Wide receiver 13 for him. Two is a streamer, but I don't love him. I moved him up to quarterback 15 because of Kirk Cousins, which I'll get to in a little bit. Uh, otherwise, using Gesicki, uh, Parker, if you must, at, as a wide receiver three, fading this back, backfield outright. Not only is it a bad matchup, but it's a full-blown committee with the three running backs there, Miles Gaskin, Duke Johnson, and Philip Lindsay. On the other side, I do think we get another decent week out of A.J. Brown, perhaps even more than decent. I don't love it for DFS purposes, to be honest with you. I talked about that yesterday, but I am not going away from him in season long right now, especially because he's probably a big reason why I made it through. Otherwise, not using Ryan Tannehill, flexing Deontay Foreman, and that's it. No Derrick Henry, like we expected this week. Raiders, Colts, we're waiting and seeing if Carson Wentz can play. The Vegas line or the, the sportsbooks lines, uh, they would seem to suggest that they think he's going to play because uh, the Colts are still heavy favorites, and I can't imagine they'd be heavy favorites with Sam Ellinger out there. I love Jonathan Taylor regardless, but Michael Pittman, his status is going to be determined by whether or not we see Wentz. Likewise, if you really wanted to stream Moali Cox because it doesn't look like Jack Doyle is going to play in this one, then you would really need... Actually, you know what? I digress. Jack Doyle got the full practice today, (laughs) so forget about that. We're not using any tight ends anyway. So there you go. Beautiful when news comes in literally as you're talking about it. Uh, Anyway, uh, Vegas, and and it contradicts what you were saying. Vegas on the other side. Derek Carr, I could see streaming him. He's at quarterback 16 for me now. I love the way that Josh Jacobs has been used since Gruden has been out of there. RB12. Hunter Renfro. This dude's a baller, man. He is such a baller. I like the matchup on the outside a little bit better. He's got Kenny Moore in the slot. That's a tough spot because Kenny Moore has had a nice season. You'd really beat them on the outside, but I can't see going away from Hunter Renfro in his high floor. Do not expect Aaron Waller, who is on the reserve COVID list. So another week of Foster Moreau as a streamer. Jacksonville and New England. On the New England side, so... I guess no news is good news about Ramondre Stevenson. He's not on the injury report. He is off of the reserve COVID list. Some of these guys will come off and they'll be limited with illness in practice. But I don't know how much he's going to be used. So I'm still going to use Damian Harris ahead of him as an RB2. And uh, I'll fade Ramondre Stevenson here. I'm using Hunter Henry as a uh, top 10 tight end because of the targets last week. Let me do this. I got to take a quick break, and then I'm going to come back, and I'll talk about the other side of this one. Daria Agumbawale. Can we trust this dude with the championship on the line? Oh, boy. Dare Agumbawale, another player we never thought we would be talking about at this time of year, but here we are and we are talking about him. And he is the only fantasy relevant option on the Jacksonville side of this Jacksonville New England game. But a couple things working against this. First and foremost, he's never really profiled as a three down back. Now, I know he got that work last week, but that was due to an Achilles injury to James Robinson very early in the game. Secondly, He's facing the New England Patriots, not the Jets in this one. And yeah, the Patriots aren't the greatest run defense in the NFL, but they're still a Belichick coach defense. And third, 
I mean, do we really want to trust a Jags running back with the play with the championship on the line? I, I, I mean, so many things working against this play. I'm ranking him as a flex, but man, does this play rub me the wrong way. Too much uncertainty here. Hopefully you don't have to make that play. Moving on to Tampa and the Jets. So some moving pieces with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers right now. Initially, this thing set up beautifully for Antonio Brown, and then he did not practice on Thursday or Friday. Now, the assistant head coach for uh, the Harold Goodman for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers did say he has a chance of playing, so this does sound like a true game-time decision. At least it is in the 1 o'clock window. Mike Evans was not listed as a practice participant in either of the last two days because technically speaking, he didn't come off reserve COVID until today. He was limited today, so he has a chance of playing as well. If they don't play, there's no wideout I want to use on that team. I don't care. Brashad Perryman, whatever, Tyler Johnson, please, no. It would be Gronk and more Gronk and more Gronk. And, of course, Ronald Jones, who sets up in a fantastic spot against a putrid Jets run defense that allows the most fantasy points per game to opposing backfields. Ronald Jones in this one. Brady will take a hit. You have to be aware of that. If if no uh, Brown and Evans, Brady takes a hit. Now, not a hit in that, oh, my God, use Trey Lance over him, but he will slide back. He's quarterback three for me right now because I think he just destroys the Jets, but that's if he does have at least Antonio Brown. Uh, he'll move back towards the back end of the top ten. On the other side, Michael Carter is really the only usable option. Tevin Coleman is on reserve COVID. He won't play. So Carter, in theory, sees a little bit more work. But in practice, it's a little bit more work against one of the best run defenses in the NFL. So that's the the rub. I would use him as a priority flex. I have him at 25 right now, but can't get too crazy here. Philadelphia and Washington. On the Washington side, another player popping up on reserve COVID. And at least it gets rid of the question of the injury issue he was facing, Antonio Gibson. He will not play in this one. Uh, so what do we do? I do think we we can't just immediately assume Jarrett Patterson, all Jarrett Patterson all day because Jonathan Williams is also there. And Jonathan Williams is a bigger back than Jarrett Patterson. So I would expect a committee approach, uh, a timeshare between the two where they do split work. If I had to use one gun to my head, I'd use Jared Patterson. I'm only ranking him at RB34 right now. Jonathan Williams is not usable. Terry McLaurin is very risky, as I talked about yesterday. On the Philly side, I do like Jalen Hurts a lot in this one, especially the way that he was connecting with Devontae Smith last week. Devontae Smith, a wide receiver, 22. Jalen Hurts, quarterback, five. And he'll move up to four, obviously, if Brady moves back. Uh, as far as the backfield is concerned, Jordan Howard went DNP, LP, LP. One would have to assume that he plays. However, he is being called questionable heading into this weekend's action, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. If he doesn't go, then Boston Scott's the easy play. If he does go, he's the better play. I'm ranking it Howard, RB30, Boston Scott, RB37 as of right now. Uh, Dallas Goddard, you're using. Uh, don't worry about tight end down performances can often be followed with massive performances but anyway Denver having a little COVID issue of their own facing the Chargers not a good situation for Denver Jerry Judy on reserve COVID and it sounds like maybe even by the time you listen to this Cortland Sutton could be on it as well yikes Drew Locke under center yikes 
I have to say, I was already a little bit wary just with Drew Locke under center of the run game, but I think even the Chargers could stop the run game if Drew Locke can't move the offense. It's concerning if you have Javante Williams and or Melvin Gordon. I'm going to still rank them as back-end RB2s, but it pays to check back over at FTNFantasy.com on Sunday mornings when I revise rankings. Anyway, on the other side, because we're not using anybody else, on the other side, Austin Eckler, giddy up. Justin Herbert, quarterback seven, giddy up. Uh, Keenan Allen, wide receiver 14, all good with him. Mike Williams coming back from reserve COVID. I am a little bit reserved about that. I'm going to rank him as a back-end wide receiver three in this one. Just a little bit concerned there because it is a decent secondary. I mean, offensively, they're, well, offensive. But on the defensive side of the ball, they're pretty darn good. So that's the one thing, and you're you're really banking on big play upside, and I just don't know if you get it in this game out of him. Uh, moving on to Houston and San Francisco. If you started Rex Burkhead, <laughs> nicely done. <laughs> I mean... That's the play of the year right there. If you started him last week, which I had him started against me last week, nicely done. Nicely done. Uh, If you didn't and you're chasing last week's points, just be aware that this is not the matchup to do so. Now, it's not like San Francisco is an absolute shutdown run defense, but they are allowing only 3.79 yards per carry to opposing backs. Not a good spot here for Rex Burkhead. The only startable option really, I mean, you could flex him, but don't expect much, is Brandon Cooks. Uh, and I mean flex Burkhead, don't expect much. Brandon Cooks, I have him at wide receiver 20, so I'm fine with him. Trey Lance looks like he will get the start here. I'm just taking a peek, see if I have a practice report from San Francisco. No, I don't have one yet. Uh, those West Coast practice reports always come out after I record this show. But I would anticipate... No practice for Jimmy Garoppolo. That's my anticipation. So Trey Lance will get in there. Does he redeem himself for uh, earlier in the year? Uh, Maybe. My call on him was still bad. I'm aware of that. But we do know at least there's upside. Now, here's the thing. It would take some major stones, cojones, huevos, whatever you want to call them, bulls to make this play. It would it, it, in a one quarterback league, major stones to play Trey Lance with the title on the line. Could pay off, but it depends on how much risk you're willing to take on. In a two quarterback league, totally fine with it. But one quarterback league, I have my quarterback 14. It is a major risk reward play. I love Debo regardless, George Kittle regardless. Elijah Mitchell, I'm waiting on a practice report for him. Looks like he's trending towards getting back. I'd love to just see fold today, but he's been limited, limited. If he is back, he's facing a very bad Houston run defense, and he will be a top 24 option, which basically means in most instances you'd have to start him. Uh, Brandon Ayuk's a little bit risky at wide receiver 34. By the way, if he doesn't go, I'll have Jeff Wilson right inside the top 24 as well if uh, Mitchell doesn't go. Arizona and Dallas. Man, I have people like yelling at me because I'm not using the defenses in this game. Guys, it's a 51 over under. No, you use defenses in in either like projected lower scoring games or against bad quarterbacks like Kyler Murray and Dak Prescott. Really? No, I don't care. There's no defense that's that good this year. So I'm not using the defenses. Kyler, quarterback eight, waiting to see on James Conner's status. He was called earlier in the week, day to day. That's the one thing that gives me a little bit of pause. I don't have a practice report for them either. He went DNP, DNP so far this week. There was a report out that he had practiced yesterday, but that was not true. Regardless, he could still play. If he plays, he's still going to be behind 
Chase Edmonds. So as of right now, I'm ranking it as if he did play or he he was going to play. I have Edmonds at 23, Connor at 33. So Edmonds would be the preferred play, but by by no means a slam dunk. Don't just look back to last week and be like, oh, why do you have him ranked so low? It's because Connor could play. That's why. Zach Ertz, uh, tight end six, loved the volume, 13 targets last week. Christian Kirk, wide receiver 26. I don't quite love the play, but if anything, you know, he's it depends on if Rondale Moore plays or not. If Rondale Moore plays, then Kirk's on the outside. If he doesn't play, he actually could be in the slot because Antoine Wesley could be on the outside. So I, I kind of dig the slot. Um, we'll see. But yeah, he's the only one who I would play out of that group. As far as the other side, I have Dak one spot behind Kyler at quarterback nine. Zeke with his red zone appeal at RB15. CD Lamb still, still a back-end wide receiver one. Wide receiver 12 is where I'm ranking him. 19 for Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz tight end eight, as long as he produces whatever. Tight end's so fickle, but over the last two weeks, he's back, so there's that. Uh, Tony Pollard, if you had to flex him, same thing with Michael Gallup, but I would love to get away from that. It's just so many mouths to feed in that offense. It's just tricky. Carolina, New Orleans. Uh, Not much to talk about here. The only startable player on Carolina's side is DJ Moore. Don't love that play, especially with Sam Darnold there. But there's enough volume to at least give him fringe wide receiver two appeal. On the other side, the only playable options are Taysom Hill and Alvin Kamara. And I really don't love the Taysom Hill play. Carolina actually is a tough matchup for opposing defenses. So I think, if anything, it's just his presence that they can now sustain some drives a little bit more. (laughs) I mean, it's not going to take much to be a little bit more than Ian Book. But that helps Alvin Kamara. So back to RB5. I'm not moving away from him whatsoever and interestingly enough uh we did see mark ingram a little bit dinged up don't have a friday practice report from them but he did pop up yesterday limited with a knee issue uh detroit seattle on the detroit side deandre swift is back and apparently is going to see a big workload in this one love the matchup seattle struggles against the run rb 18 for me right now so he's a rock solid mid-range rb2 Monroe St. Brown, I don't care who's the quarterback. If Jared Goff can't play, then I don't it doesn't really matter to me. He's still a front end wide receiver too. Given the just it's week after week of double digit targets now since TJ Hawkinson has been out. On the other side, Rashad Penny with a nice matchup. We know how bad how uh how much the Lions have struggled against the run this season. RB sixteen, there's still some volatility with him, but I do think this is an interesting spot. So this could be Russell Wilson's last game home game in Seattle. So I have him at quarterback 12. I can't go all in on him, but I tell you what, I'm going to I'm going to ride that narrative into a DFS lineup where I stack Russ with uh with Lockett and then St. Brown on the other side or Swift on the other side. I'm going to tinker around and see which one works better, but just into the mind like so that's sometimes what I will do. I will build my my core off of like what what narrative makes the most sense sometimes. It's not all the time, but I, hey, I'd love to say I'm super empirical about this stuff. But when you're talking about GPP lineups, sometimes you just have to capitalize on those sorts of things. So, And it's just the start, right? It's just the start of the lineup. So anyway, I, uh, I have that there. By the way, tight end-wise, I didn't mention this with Houston. I do like Brevin Jordan for uh, DFS purposes this week. So anyway, uh, that's where I'm using... Lock it just a tick ahead of DK Metcalf, but have them both as wide receiver twos. Gerald Everett at tight end 12 for the week. Minnesota, Green Bay. All right, so I mentioned it earlier. 
Minnesota hit yet again with a COVID issue. This time it is their quarterback, Kirk Cousins, will not be playing. They activated Sean Mannion off of reserve COVID, so he will be the starter. That hurts. It doesn't hurt Dalvin Cook for me. In fact, if things go the right way for Minnesota, we could see a 30-plus carry game for Dalvin Cook. Now, that's if Green Bay doesn't shut him down. If they shut him down and they can't generate first downs on the ground, then yeah, it's going to be a long day, but I'm not fading Dalvin Cook. I'm not fading Justin Jefferson either. I know that's the instant knee-jerk reaction. Uh, Would you play, insert wide receiver two's name here, over him like Amon Ross St. Brown? No. He's still Justin Jefferson. He still presents a target. And it's not as if this is Sean Mannion's first football game in the history of his life. So I moved him from wide receiver three down to wide receiver seven. (laughs) Dramatic move, I know. But K.J. Osborne is more impacted. So Osborne went from a sneaky wide receiver three to a, if you're desperate, flex. And not using Tyler Conklin. On the other side, pretty straightforward with Rodgers and Adams. I don't care about the weather. Don't create the narratives. And it's not weather. It's cold. That's all it is. Aaron Jones, RB10. Great matchup for him. And I would I would be interested in flexing out A.J. Dillon if I had the opportunity. Not both in the same lineup, but only because Minnesota does struggle against the run and he has the touchdown appeal. Oh, you know what? I Before I get to Monday Night Football, I realized I blew by the Rams and Ravens. Uh, so let's talk about that quickly. I love the matchup for Maddie Stafford against a uh, decimated Ravens secondary. We talked about that on the pod yesterday. Uh, Sony Michelle, top 12 fantasy option right now. There's no competition for touches because Cam Akers isn't going to play in this one. So he's in a great spot along with, um, I like Beckham and, and Van Jefferson as well. I talked about the DFS potential for those guys. Uh, But you're using both as wide receiver threes with upside in season long. As far as Lamar Jackson is concerned on the other side, I do not expect him to play in this one, given what we've seen with the practice reports. Of course, it is John Harbaugh. John Harbaugh is going to give us the runaround. He is going to tell us we don't know, but it's going to be Tyler Huntley. So Tyler Huntley slides right back up into back-end quarterback one territory, even against the Rams. It's not an impossible matchup. The one key, though, is Marquise Brown, who missed practice on Thursday with an illness. If he doesn't play, then I don't think we can use Huntley. So just be aware of that. Andrews, regardless, we're using him. He's on an absolute tear. But be careful uh, with Huntley. So keep an eye on Marquise Brown. I don't have a Friday practice report. I did see some things about Lamar not practicing, but I didn't see anything on Marquise Brown yet. So keep an eye on that. All right, finally, last, certainly not least, Monday Night Football, three really relevant players in this one as far as I'm concerned for fantasy purposes for season long. Nick Chubb, Deontay Johnson, and Najee Harris. We're starting all of those guys, obviously, regardless. I love the matchup for Nick Chubb. I love the spot for him. Hey, the Steelers are allowing 4.94 yards per carry. What happened to this awesome run defense from last year, right? Anyway... Even if Kareem Hunt is playing, it doesn't matter to me. Nick Chubb is a slam dunk of a play. But we do have some fringy options, okay? Jarvis, uh, wide receiver 36. I think you could use him. He'll get work. He'll get work in this one, but I just don't want to buy in on the passing game too much for Cleveland. Uh, Then you have Chase Claypool, who gives you a little bit of upside, but volatility, maybe flex. If you said Jarvis or Claypool, I would say Jarvis barely, and I don't like that. Uh, Pat Fryermuth will be back in this one. He's a priority streamer. If he was dropped and you are hurting a tight end, I'm ranking him at tight end 13. So good spot for him in this one. 
All right, so this is the last podcast of 2021. This is the last podcast of this year's fantasy season. And I mentioned next week I'll be back. I'm going to talk about uh, 2022 fantasy football rankings. And I will set you up for a DFS weekend. We'll actually like deep dive. It's my favorite week of the year to play DFS. So I kind of get to take off the uh, just the season long analyst hat and put on the like hardcore DFS hat. So we'll do that next week. Great week to play it. I'll talk some player props and all that fun stuff. But in the meantime, I did want to say thank you. Thank you for being with me, regardless of when you got on this ride. Thank you for being with me every step of the way. It's uh, been a great year. You know, the Rat Pack has continued to grow, but I said this on the SiriusXM show today, and I mean it. 2022 is the year of the Rat Pack. We're growing, we're expanding, and you know what? We're taking over the effing industry, okay? It's on. It's on. Good luck in your uh, championship games. Take them down. Send me pics of your trophies on Twitter and all that fun stuff. Uh, send me pics of the beers you're drinking on New Year's Eve on Twitter or whatever you're drinking, the bourbons or whatever. And if you're not, just the Coca-Cola. It doesn't matter to me. Yeah, the Rat Pack, we, uh, we're we all inclusive. Everybody's welcome, right? Uh, and yes, the tip jar is available. If you would like to share the wealth a little bit, I'm not going to turn you down, man. I'm not going to turn you down. We put this podcast out for free. Uh, it is not free to produce, but we do put it out for free. So appreciate anybody who does, uh, you know, drop a couple in the tip jar. All right. Enjoy it. Happy New Year. And I will catch you on the flip side. Good luck. Don't overthink this thing and take the darn championship down, baby. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe and I'm out.